Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Chris Lee Quibble, and today my guest is Kirsten Ott-Palladino. She's the author of Equally Wed, The Ultimate Guide to Planning Your LGBTQ Plus Wedding. She's also the co-founder of EquallyWed.com. You can find her online at KirstenPalladino.com. Today she's going to share with us how to write your book proposal in a weekend, marketing your nonfiction book, and we're going to talk about a variety of topics when it comes to marketing, writing, pitching, and publishing that beautiful nonfiction book you've got inside of you. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, Crystalie. No problem. So what inspired you to write Equally Wed? Well, I we were having um, you know a lot of success with Equally Wed, the online LGBTQ wedding magazine, and during the t- the years that we had been publishing it, realizing that there wasn't a wedding book out there that was for same-sex couples, but also included queer and trans and non-binary, and so we really wanted to have something out there that felt inclusive of everyone in our community that was gender neutral and was just as thorough as the heavy hitters out there, uh, the Mindy Weisses or, um, you know, the Meg Keens of A Practical Wedding. So I decided to, to write one myself. Awesome. And did you, did you end up writing the full guide before pursuing finding an agent or just did like an outline of what you wanted to create? What I did was, I did, well, the, I got the, I already had the idea, but I got the motivation to pitch an agent when we had fa- uh, the federal passage of marriage equality on June 26, 2015. And from there, I decided, let me see if I can get an agent who would represent such a book and then take it to market to see if I could get a book deal. So I only uh, wrote a um a quick pitch to an agent and uh, and then landed the agent and then wrote my book proposal from there. Awesome. So how did you end up finding your agent? So what I did is I, um, I'm part of a secret undercover writers group on Facebook for women writers. And I asked some of the writers there how to find an agent. And one of them told me, this awesome secret, which is not a big secret, but it was a secret to me, uh, to go in the back of uh, some of your favorite books and look in the acknowledgments, and the writer always thanks their agent. And so I did that for one of my most, um, one of the wedding writers that I admire the most, and uh, I pitched her agent. And, and it happened to be a writer that I didn't know, so I could reach out and say, looking for uh, representation. So that's that's how I did it. And because I said that in the subject line, she opened it right up, loved my idea, got back to me. So it was incredible. Oh, that's so cool. So how long did it take between, like, pitching and hearing back from her? Oh, so I started pitching agents um, 
I pitched agents for about a week, not including her, uh, because I couldn't find an email address for her right away. And, and uh, let's see. But I heard back from her within 48 hours of emailing that particular agent. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. Because I, I know to, a lot of people say, wait, right? <laughs> they do. I, they do. And, and I have to say that it was, it was really timely. I mean, we had the passage of uh, federal marriage equality in June, and I was pitching in July. And, and so it, it was just a timely hook. At, and, uh, and that was part of the universe kind of opening up to me with this opportunity. So awesome. I love how it all sort of like comes together so quickly because sometimes it can take quite a while before somebody even gets their agent. And then Absolutely. you also, you sold the book on proposal. So how long did it take for you to write the proposal? Did you work on that with your agent or did you come up with it first and then submit it to her? I came up with it first and then submitted it to her. She gave me a couple of pointers, but what I did, I went out and found this book called, and I, um, I pulled it out for this interview. It's called The Weekend Book Proposal, How to Write a Winning Proposal 48 Hours and Sell Your Book by Ryan G. Van Cleve. I found it at Barnes & Noble, and I, I set aside a weekend, and I wrote my book proposal. And it was... Um, I followed it to a T and I got a book deal from it. So a huge shout wow. out to this author. It was it's yes. very thorough and uh, it really helped me get all of my thoughts together and, and, and just, and just nail it. Uh, and then I also have to thank my, uh, my wife, she's a graphic designer and she helped make my proposal, not just text. So we used some images from real weddings from equally wed of LGBTQ couples and illustrating some of the um, tips and uh, themes that I would be going over in the book, as well as just formatting it beyond just a traditional Word document. So that, that helped, it, um, helped it shine. That's good to know because it kind of gives your proposal a bit of an edge over the majority that are just, you know, like you said, a simple Word document. So that's actually really right. helpful to know you could get a graphic designer to kind of help you, you know, jazz it up a bit and <laughs> give a feel for right. what it's going to look like in print, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, editors look at book proposals all day long and, and uh, they I, I'm I'm not a book editor. I mean, maybe book editors listening to this be like, no, don't make it um, <laughs> snazzy. But for this particular type of book, which was a um, a nonfiction how-to book, uh, mm -hmm. it worked. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, the book itself is beautiful as well. It has a gorgeous cover and, you know, going through the book, it's so well laid out and you cover everything from dealing with difficult relatives and whether or not to invite them and include them. So it, it is, it's, it's things that, um, you know, a lot of couples that are, are straight don't have to deal with and most wedding guides don't offer that so it was really like revolutionary for people to have this guide and you sort of originally planned to make it a book for wedding industry professionals so how how did it go about turning into a guide that everybody can use that's a great question I yes so I had been wanting to for 
so we, uh, well, let me first say that, t- so today while we're talking is uh, Equally Web's nine-year anniversary of publishing. Oh, congratulations. So, thank you. And so up, up until I pitched this book, I have run into uh, wedding professionals through, throughout different countries where I've been speaking about LGBTQ weddings and inclusivity and realizing how little there is n- known about LGBTQ weddings and how intimidating it is for some wedding professionals who have never worked with LB- LGBTQ couples and wondering, you know, not wanting to say the right, the wrong thing or also uh, just wor- worried about things that are simple and easy to um, make wedding vendors feel at ease, like uh, just a variety of things that we can talk about. But, but what I've realized is there's a huge lack of education in LGBTQ inclusivity in the wedding industry, and I realized that I needed to help step in and, and share my knowledge and even, you know, wedding vendors who are already serving LGBTQ plus couples are needing some assistance with understanding our community better. So I wanted to write a book for them about how to serve us better, how to serve our readers better. And, and that's the idea that I initially went out to, um, to an agent with. And then she loved it, and I put together a proposal, and she took it out to market. Uh, let's see. She, I, I got my agent in July. I got my proposal finished by the end of August, and she took it out in uh, – she waited till after Labor Day because the publishing industry likes to go out on luxury yachts or something, I don't know, all the summer, and they don't look <laughs> at proposals. And so she waited until after Labor Day to take it um, out to editors and started shopping it. And she was hearing awesome things and great feedback, but I don't know how – um, how big this market is. I don't know if we can sell it, but we love it. Uh, and so she kept getting like feedback like that. So by December, she said, you know, I don't know if this is going to sell. It's, I don't know why it's not selling, but it's not, I don't think it's going to sell. And um, do you have any other ideas? And I said, well, I, you know, I have thought about writing a wedding planning book for LGBTQ plus couples, but, you know, our population of actual LGBTQ plus couples is far lower than the wedding industry of professionals who work in the wedding industry. So uh, I, I didn't know that it could sell, but she said, great, put, it, put a proposal together for that. So I, I tweaked my proposal a lot, wrote a brand new sample chapter. She went out with that after the new year in January 2016. And by February, I had an offer from Steel Press. Oh, wow. And it's so great that you were able to just tweak it just a little bit and that made all the difference. Mm-hmm. So you, you had the opportunity right. to send it out, get some feedback and send it out mm-hmm. again. Right. And yeah, it was just incredible. It was, a, it was a wonderful process for me. It was nerve wracking, you know, all the waiting, but I realized some writers wait years. And so I was very, um, very lucky to have that all happen in a short amount of time considering Definitely. What sort of tips would you offer others wanting to sell a nonfiction book on proposal? Now that you've done it in hindsight, is there anything you would have done differently? I think that most of what I did worked. And so I definitely recommend 
you know, having a really sharp looking proposal, targeting an agent that works with the type of writer that you are, or the type of subject matter that you're dealing with. Uh, I think that I maybe what I might have done differently. Honestly, it works. So I, I can't even say that there is anything that I would do differently, except for. I wish that I'd done a little bit more research on how I could add to the marketing of it. But, mm-hmm. but that's it. And how important would you say the whole aspect of timing was when it came to pitching and publishing and, and getting your work out there? Hugely important. I mean, it was a, a very timely hook. You know, when we launched Equally Wed, the online publication back in 2010, we only had six states that were legally recognizing same-sex marriages. And what we did was so unconventional uh, that the New York Times sent a reporter to our house to interview us, like, what are you doing to, you know, women in Georgia? Who do you think you are type of, of, of conversation? And, and it was great. We had a, a wonderful, huge article on us in the print version of the New York Times because what we were doing was so revolutionary. And it wasn't at a time that a book deal could have been made because we didn't have full marriage equality. And mm-hmm. with, when, once we got that marriage equality, the timely hook was right then to be able to sell a book and say, look, this isn't on the market. We don't have a gender-neutral wedding book out there, and we don't have a book that includes transgender people, non-binary and queer people. We need this out there right now. And so I was able to sell on that timely hook. And you, so the website you had for five or six years before this all occurred, and it was like the yes. perfect timing. So do you feel like having that website well-established for that long really helped you in terms of securing the book deal and being able to market it? Absolutely. You know, now more than ever, and every year this becomes even more and more true, that the publishers expect authors to be able to do, to carry a lot of the load of selling the book. And they, you know, they want you to be a great writer. They want you to have a good topic, but platform is everything. And I, I, especially in a how-to nonfiction. And, mm-hmm. and so I already had the platform. We already had some, you know, celebrity endorsements and, you know, major publications like New York Times and CNN who had done profiles on us. And, and so because of all of that, there was, there was a, a baseline of interest in us. And we have, you know, um, a solid readership. We had um, you know, a large following on social media. So those things helped cement, I think, helped cement the the process of getting, helped cement us getting a book deal. Me getting a book deal, I should say. Yeah. But all of that helped me get a book deal. And then, so you've got, like, you have this forward that's written by Lance Bass and Michael Turkin. Mm-hmm. How did you... Yeah. How did you approach them to write it, or did your publisher approach them, or how did that work? For it, I, I told my editor at, at I told my editor at Steel Press that I wanted to have a foreword from a well-known LGBTQ plus couple, and I had run into Lance at a few different equality um, activist type of events, and so I had, and also I've been following him and his husband on social media and enjoying what they did, which is not just, you know, 
be gay and be a celebrity, but also get really mm-hmm. involved in activism and, in, you know, for the LGBTQ plus community, but also for Black Lives Matter. And I just really admired how they uh, approached everything and very down to earth. And I just thought, well, why not? You know, maybe, maybe they, they would do this and, and it turned out that they were delighted to. Oh, that's so cool. And then, you know, when you're, when you're doing the book proposal, I think the marketing plan is the most intimidating for people when Mm -hmm. they start to kind of think about what they're going to do in terms of publicity. So did you have to give numbers for how many people you had on your newsletter list and, and how you plan to sort of map out what you were going to do once the book was available for purchase? I did. I put all of that in my book proposal. I put down every single well-known person that I thought might say something nice about my book on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, uh, as well as publications that I thought might do a review. All of that went into the proposal. And do you, I mean, through the website, obviously, you can get a lot of feedback. So were you able to sort of give a preempt on the website and let the users on the website know that it was coming and sort of build some of that hype up? I did. I think in hindsight, I wish I had done even more of that. I wish that I had done more pushes for interest before my book was published. As authors, it's hard to also sell yourself. Yeah. And, 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 you know, by the, before your book comes out, you, you feel like you've already said so much about your book. You feel like everybody might be sick of hearing about it. And so, and, and, hindsight, I, I wish that I had pushed pre-orders more. My book sold fairly well, and it has, you know, since sold um, uh, fairly well since publishing in May 2017, but I wish that I had pushed that more uh, right before launch. Yeah, because there's sort of that little window before a book is available, and it's available in pre-sales only, that they really... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's widely known enough that we have to, ourselves as authors, really push our work and really push for those pre-sales and sort of be right. our own marketers because it's kind of left up to chance sometimes whether, you right. know, we're going to get the attention it deserves. So in hindsight, you are saying you would, you really would have tried to push more for pre-sales and kind of put it out there a little more on your website and and to get pre-sales. Right, right. I would have, yes. I, um, you know, since I, since my book came out in May of 2017, I have watched the process of other authors get their book deals and then, and then share what they're learning about the importance of pre-sales and having, or the importance of having the, pre-orders before the book comes out and that tiny window that you have of your book mattering, you know, to a certain places. And, and uh, I, I wish I would have known more about that because it's like your, your book has a shelf life on its own in terms of how well it's going to do right out of the gate. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel as informed about that as I should have been, but I know better now for my second book. 
Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the authors that I've spoken to, their first book, they, they, they didn't know about the importance of pre-sales and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I know publicists are are a huge investment, but I'm also seeing people putting together street teams, like their biggest fans and gathering them in a group and saying like, spread the word and post this on Instagram for me. And I'll send you, you know, a signed copy or something. So there's like all these little things we can kind of think of to do for our next book to kind of help promote it and get it, get it out there. Right. Because we can't always be guaranteed that we're going to have, you know, the full support of the, publisher's publicity department because there's tons of other books coming out at the same time as well. Did you write any essays or anything like that in publications that also help to gain attention and, and help with book sales? I didn't right away. And again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish that I had planned those more strategically ahead of time. I did do a, a piece for the Washington Post, uh, a little bit after my book came out about what it's like to plan a wedding as a queer woman. And that definitely mm-hmm. boosted sales. And I'm grateful for that publication of, of that piece, but I wish that I had done more. Um, you know, I, looking back, I think, you know, I, I have a, my book is kind of in a, a unique box. Um, you know, n- not in a pigeonholing way, but, you know, I'm, I'm part of the wedding industry and then I'm part of the queer community. And I wish that I had, um, had done more to I think how to say this uh, in a, in a positive, mm-hmm. but also a helpful way. Um, you can always do more to promote your book. And I now learning from other authors what they've done I now can see more that I could have done, but I, I did plenty and, you know, it's out there and, and it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's going to continue because of the subject matter, because of, I mean, the wedding industry is huge, right? So I think it, it's one of those books that's sort of timeless. It'll continue to help people. It'll continue to grow in popularity. And because there isn't a lot out there to be able to help LGBTQ couples to plan their weddings. And I know even when friends of mine were getting married, you know, there were certain churches that wouldn't call them back or they would, you know, they'd kind of speak in this sort of code language like they wanted to be, they wanted to seem like they weren't being prejudiced, but they really were. And so it can be frustrating trying to find vendors and, and secure all of that. So what did you feel was the most, like, did you get feedback from readers in being able to hear how it had helped them? Oh, yeah. Um, I just got, I think what's the most fun feedback from readers was, you know, it's even just been on Instagram of people taking pictures of my book in the wild type of thing where, you know, these are readers that I didn't know, like they weren't my friends going out and buying the book. It's people, people in Canada have just, you know, look at this book that I found and it's so awesome and amazing and uh, just very validating uh, that the effort that I put in was being appreciated by someone that I didn't know, you know, connecting with, with virtual strangers and being able to offer, you know, my knowledge and experience that I've, you know, picked up from the, you know, decade in the wedding industry and also 
um, being LGBTQ plus myself and connecting with people, it's, it's been really awesome. And do you typically, do, are you the type that will read reviews or do you stay away from them kind of thing? I have, I honestly have read all reviews. I've read them all on Amazon and Goodreads and, you know, the indie books sites. And I haven't been, um, I haven't been disappointed. So uh, I hope that doesn't sound too no, that's I good. I, I just haven't, I haven't had any negative reviews on my book. You know, we have had a hundred or hundreds of critical um, reviews from bigoted, homophobic, transphobic people since we launched Equally Wed. But the actual book, bigots have not even bothered to say anything about it. So I do appreciate that. Oh, that's awesome. And it's so nice to know that because, you know, you work so hard on, on, on this, on this book and you're putting it out there and you just want people to love it and you want to know that it's been really helpful. So it's cool to know that Mm -hmm. you've gotten great reviews and that helps authors too. Like the more reviews you get, you know, and it helps for second book deals as well when you're trying to pitch a second book to see that Mm -hmm. your work was received well and, and people really follow you and, and that kind of thing. When you, when you were working on the book proposal, was there ever a point where you kind of felt like maybe you couldn't do it or, you know, that you want I know it was over a weekend, but were there moments where you were just like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this? <laughs> How did you, you know, overcome I, that? I, yeah, I, um, sometimes I have imposter syndrome, but I, I, I don't struggle with a lot of self-doubt. I feel like, you know, if I want to do something, I'll do it. And it's, it's, um, it's part of my stubbornness. And so I never thought I couldn't do it. And I think that's what helped me do it. You really have to have that sort of perseverance, though, because even when your book was out on submission, right, you said it was like September to December, you're getting, you were also getting good feedback, but there was no Mm -hmm. offer of like offer to buy the book. So it's, right, you know, right. it can be nerve wracking while you're waiting for that. So how did you right. process all of that while it was happening? It was really hard. I thought, you know, it really showed me the side of publishing that has nothing to do with the quality of your idea. It's how well do they think it will sell? How much money will they be able to make off of it? Because unfortunately that's what is a driving factor in, you know, commercial publishing. It's not always, oh, it's, you know, the most poetically told, uh, inspirational piece of writing they've ever read. It's not, it's just not always about that. And and it's unfortunate, but knowing that the business aspect of it that I had no control over was nerve wracking. And I I really had to kind of, um, I know it's cheesy, but I, I really had to kind of set it and forget it and try to move on to other tasks and projects so that I wasn't constantly um, just sitting in a corner <laughs> uh, cowering and waiting for that phone call. Mm-hmm. And then when when the book came out, was it a bit of a flurry? Like you kind of spend all this time waiting for the actual publication mm-hmm. date. So <laughs> how did it feel once you got to actually see your book in person and when the publication date came around? Like how how did it all unfold for you? 
It was really exciting. I had planned a launch party in my home city of Atlanta, Georgia, and so that was exciting to have friends and industry professionals come out and celebrate it with me. I think that, you know, it was a huge accomplishment for me, something that I'd wanted to do all my life, you know, write a book, if not more, and so I really wanted to, you know, throw a party and and kind of just soak all that in and not just celebrate all alone, um, but have mm-hmm. people around me to celebrate it. And and then, um, but when I got the book in the mail for the first time, you know, we got a box of them. It was really surreal. You know, it's it's, it's you know it's, it's almost like having a baby. And and I'd say that being a mother of twins, like you know you you it's a labor of love that you put your heart and soul into and then there it is in your hands and and it's also very validating because you have this idea and then somebody else says yeah I think that's a good idea and let's let's do it and let's make it a reality and make it a tangible item it was incredible and if you you know now that you've had the experience you've had the book come out you've you've kind of had the full spectrum of everything from finding an agent to a publisher. If you could hop in a time machine and go back to your early writer self, what sort of advice would you give her? Well, I would say, uh, don't, um, I would tell my early young writer self that you are going to have opportunities to write about a lot of different things and, uh, and don't say no to, you know, any of those opportunities. For me, you know, I've, I've uh, considered myself, um, I have been a, a writer and an editor since I was a, a kid. And I never knew precisely, you know, what track I was going to be on. And I've ended up being on a lot of writing tracks. You know, I write uh, for a website for LGBTQ plus weddings, but then I also write about travel and drinks and I also write about trauma and PTSD and I I'm glad that I never said you know no that you know this is my box and stay in my lane I've just you know wrote written about everything that I have either been interested in or enjoy writing about and uh, so I I just tell my younger writer self to to keep going and to to do it no matter what anyone else says Excellent. Is there anyone who has helped you sort of along the journey to becoming published that you'd love to give a shout out to? So I think the person that I would probably want to say thank you to the most is one of my close friends. She's a novelist. Her name's Colleen Oakley, and she's written Close Enough to Touch and Before I Go, and then she has another another novel coming out to another novel coming out soon in January 2020 called You Were There Too. And she's been just so encouraging from the very beginning about um, Equally Wed, the book, and then also the memoir that I'm writing and just helping me bounce off ideas and talking to me about the publishing industry and uh, just, just being encouraging, you know, from every step of the way. And I've been learning from her career as well as, I'm just appreciating the support. So that, that's the person. And it's so great to have that, too, because it can feel 
kind of overwhelming when you start this whole process and it's nice to have somebody that's been through it to be able to kind of hold your hand a little and say like this is normal (laughs) right yes yes completely you know all of it and helping me um even negotiate with my own agent and then also helping with negotiations with um you know, my editor and the publishing company, of course, you know, my agent was very helpful in, in, in all those negotiations. But then the things that Colleen told me to consider, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, world rights. Let me make sure that I, I, I you know, I don't just give those away, that that's something extra and, you know, things like that. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking. Kirsten Ott-Palladino can be found online at kirstenpalladino.com. Her book, Equally Wed, The Ultimate Guide to Planning Your LGBTQ Plus Wedding, is available for purchase now where all fine books are sold. Please do make sure you leave reviews for our guests and share the show with a friend. Until next time, hand to heart, pen to paper, write on. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com that's crystalleequibell q-u-i-b-e-l-l.com and sign up for crystal lee's newsletter join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals